Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, guys? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Uh, new, new, new show today. Everybody likes to draft, right? The draft streams are always the most fun. And a site that I've been starting to dabble in a little bit more as the year has gone on and a site I'm excited about, um, particularly because the format is very different and unique, which is fun. It's nice to have different offerings and I think it also creates a little bit of a different maybe edge for us because everybody still kind of drafts the same way across every site, no matter the scoring differences and no matter the structure difference. And the structure difference on drafters, drafters.com. Make sure to use, I screwed it up in my tweet. So if you are, uh, are going to sign up for drafters, ignore my tweet. If you use promo code spike, you will get a 25% bonus up to $100. So $400 will get you 100 free, 100 free dollars. Promo code spike. Um, but drafters is a really unique format relative you know, to what exists in the, in the market right now where the, I can even share it, where the tournament is just a cumulative scoring week one through week 17, like, you know, uh, structure, right? All, let me pull up one of these best ball championships. All that happens, typical best ball scoring, full PPR, no DraftKings like style yardage bonuses, but full, full PPR with the same, you know, roster construction, 
right? Single quarterback, blah, blah, blah. But weeks one through week 17, total points. Whoever has the most total points across every, what, there's 10,008 teams. Whoever has the most total points at the end of week 17 is the winner. You know, so, you know, less than a thousand leagues um, and less than a thousand 12 man leagues and whoever scores the most points wins. So it's, a, it's very different, right? Week one, you know, on underdog, I don't want to say that week one doesn't matter as much, but, you know, the playoff weeks are so important. You you, you do just need to get there, right? Get through your league and get into the, the playoffs and then, you know, hopefully be maximized, be optimized for those playoff weeks on here. It's like, I also need to score a lot of points week one, not just week 17, not just week 16, blah, blah, blah. So it's a really interesting format. Um, the, the draft that I want to hop in here is the, since this is getting closer to, to filling, if you're watching, you want to draft, let's hop in this $5 and 55 cent best ball championship, obviously fast draft. Um, I don't need the text alert since I'm on here. We need seven, seven more people to fill this, this baby. Sorry, trying to reply to some, some tweets. See if we can get this thing filled up. Sometimes these do take a little bit longer to fill than, than the other sites. So we'll see how that goes. Let me put this out live now. This is riveting, riveting streaming. Am I right? I just want to make sure it fills. Live now drafting the $5. So anyway, I, I, I definitely don't, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not a expert in, in really anything. But I'm definitely not a drafters expert, but I've really been thinking through a lot of the different strategies as it pertains to this format when we compare it to um, like Best Ball Mania 2 and such on Underdog and, and, on, and on DraftKings. Because as I've drafted some of these teams, I don't think people adjust enough for what that, for what that means. Even maybe people like me that are, you know, a little lean, a little bit heavy. My dogs are not adjusting. Sorry. The puppies are crazy. But I think... To your question here, Sam, I I think there's a lot of things that people don't do enough. Having drafted some of these teams now on here, let's see where we're at. Real quick, six more. Ooh, we'll see if we can fill. <clears throat> um, I don't think that that people adjust enough for some of the. This this is a good variable, actually. Um, 
differentiation in, in lineups might be m more important. Uh, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think that through because if you, you know, draft the same CMC team through the first X amount of rounds in the playoff format, there's possibilities for that team to still get picked off along the way, right? Like they could just end up in a, in a league that knocks them off or in a playoff round that knocks them off and you continue to advance and you, you have this CMC, AJ Brown, George Kittle team that, you know, maybe, maybe that, or maybe that guy screws up something later, right? You land the next Justin Jefferson and they don't in this, in this format, where there's none of those obstacles really to another team hitting road bumps, you know, hitting speed bumps in in these playoff level formats, right? Everybody has a shot, all thousand, let's just easy math because it's a thousand, all thousand CMC teams start from week one, accumulate points, and you compete with them the entire year versus a lot of those CMC teams could even be really good in Best Ball Mania too. But just, just, you know, that's just what happens throughout the course of the season. And you don't ever have to see them until later, you know, in, in the playoffs. CMC is a, a, a trickier example, but I like to use him because I like to think about, you know, how do you beat the CMC teams if CMC is as good as we kind of expect him to be? Um, ooh, we'll see. We, we might Let me see what, what the $11. The $11 is 9 of 12. We might have to pivot. Might have to pivot to the $11. Let me see. <clears throat> Always a little trickier on the, the uh, a little bit lesser used sites. So hopefully we'll, uh, let me, and riveting, riveting. Yeah, yep, that's what I'm doing, that's what I'm doing. I, I don't think I can, I don't think I can double, double tap these, but I am gonna get in there. Oh, 10. There we go. Perfect. So I'll be the 11th in the $11. One more. Yeah, 11 has, the 11 has 11. There we go. And we're drafting. See? That worked. I am going to, I am going to hop out of this $5 because there's no way that I'll be able to uh, <laughs> do this on stream, do both. So we're gonna stick to we're gonna stick to this eleven dollar. I like the board, the new board. You know, this really pops. You know what I mean? The white with these uh, different uh, you know logos. I like this. Looks good. So anyway, talking. Going back a little bit too, I forgot I got to click. 
going back to to this this format, you know, there's other people, like I said, out there. You know, even like I just recorded a podcast with Davis Maddock. He's been a little bit more on the on the drafter site even than I have, but I'm trying to invest in it a little bit more moving forward um, because I think there are definitely some definitive edges in specific players, but in structure because of this fact that like you, you need this unique combination that maybe doesn't exist on a site like underdog because of the cumulative scoring. You need to score points week one. And so as much as I love my wide receivers, don't love your running backs. As much as I love my wide receivers, I can't be as crazy high variance with my running backs, especially not at this point in the draft season where I'm getting less and less time for the next Daryl Henderson to open up or, you know, a similar example. It's tough to go into week one with the really, really like volatile approach. Like I've kind of been taking on underdog where I'm like, you know, let's say RB2, even if you go full out zero RB, you can like kind of punt it off and just be like, I'm pretty, pretty willing to accept the fact that I'm not going to score a lot of points at RB2 early in the season, knowing I have my shots on goal to grow this super team. And hopefully I can hang on long enough to, you know, and let my wide receivers dominate. But when I need to score the most, I have to have the highest scoring roster out of 10,008 teams. Other teams are going to find this right combination, right, of scoring the entire season. So I need to score the entire season too. But I also do need to build in the upside to be able to, as the year compounds, you know, as the year goes on, my scores start compounding because I hit this upside bet and I hit this upside bet and I hit this upside bet. Sometimes that's right. Maybe that's Tony Pollard. Maybe that's what, you know, I find the next Justin Jefferson. There's this weird interesting unique dynamic of figuring out how to score the most points for 17 weeks as opposed to you know it's, it's certainly unique also on underdog um and DraftKings, but it's it's very it's a very different kind of unique and what the like perfect team on both sites is actually going to be wildly different so i find it really fascinating to uh, to think through and I, I don't have a strong of uh, of opinions actually on kind of what the best approach is on drafters as i do on uh on like DraftKings. We'll see what the people do here with uh we'll see what this room is like. I see we got Siege in here. Jay Metz I've I've seen from FTN. What are we gonna do? Are you gonna take my uh take one of my wide receivers here? The other thing about um, drafters is like the running backs are a little more important. Damn it. Um, I'm going to take Tyreek, I think, here. Um, the running backs, you know, having these early early season running back scores are a touch more more important, but it's like, I kind of talked about it yesterday on Twitter a little bit that you we need to push up probably in this format a, a few running backs, 
but too many running backs get pushed up even still in this format because I can find like beyond a tier, a certain tier and the tier is probably smaller than the market thinks I, I can make up for David Montgomery's score, probably even Chris Carson's score, maybe even JK Dobbins score. I can make up with later picks those guys score, you know, maybe not exactly one for one, but if I, you know, if I have James White and Naheem Hines and Giovanni Bernard, maybe Gus Edwards, Jamal Williams, whatever, some, if I hit the right combination of those guys, I can make up for the the lesser top tier running back scores, but you, it's tougher to make up for whoever are, you know, the elite top level scores, because they're going to be the top scorers in the league. So it's this interesting dynamic of combining those things. Uh, of course. Of course, Antonio Gibson goes. I think I'm a little frozen here on my screen. Uh, 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 uh. I am going to, I'm going to take AJ Brown. <clears throat> close a couple things here. I want to kind of press my wide receiver advantage and see what the, and see what the room does. And I just spent the uh, last however amount of time talking about how the format is a little different and then I started with my wide receivers. But I kind of want to see I I actually don't love CEH with Tyreek and and Kelsey. I don't it's it's okay. But when I'm trying to in this format, I'm trying I'm trying to find you know in all formats, but I think especially in this one where I need literally the top total score. When I'm spending the early round running back draft capital, I need the legendary year, maybe even more so than in the other than in the the other formats, because I need to score the most points, not just win my league and then win in the playoffs. And so drafting the running back with one of the pass catchers on his, you know, with one of the receivers on his team, I'm a little less into. And so I could have taken JT. I think I made it known I'm not a super big Najee guy. I could have taken, could have taken JT, um, but I kind of wanted to see what it looked like with, with AJ Brown. And I obviously love AJ Brown. But spreading by weeks is probably more important here. This I joke a lot about the bye weeks on like underdog and DraftKings, but I do think it's a little more, it is a little more important. I, I don't think you need to go overboard. Like, like there's going to be a lot of teams that struggle with week seven. Week seven is like, you know, the landmine for everybody. And so, you know, you, you, you just have to understand that. Like if the guys you need for this season are week seven players, if those are the league winners, like avoiding them just because you're trying to spread out your buys isn't, isn't necessarily correct. But like there is a little bit more of, okay, I, I do need to score the most points. I can't give away too many points in week seven. So there's, it, it's a weird kind of combination of things. Let's see here. 
see, I, I think I probably would have taken Swift. Yeah, I freeze up a little bit when I get on the clock, it looks like. Freeze up a little bit when I get on the clock. It is, it is, it is a fun start. Corey, I think this is a, I think this is a, this is a, a, a fair point. I think, but I, th I th it's tricky. See, that's, I, I don't, I haven't fully formed, I haven't fully formed my thoughts on kind of the, the differentiation, the differentiation aspect. One thing I will say is that this, there's less team, you know, there's a lot, a lot less teams in this, right? 10,000 teams. There's this weird combination between there's 10,000 teams, which is clearly a lot less, right? Than 150,000 or 200,000. But you're competing with all of them at once. Right? So every, every CMC team you are competing with, and if they, if all the CMC teams have the same start, you're like, you're just coin flipping versus there's these other weird dynamics <clears throat> like I talked about with the like playoff format and just advancing. It's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting debate. Overall, I will say in this format, it's just a lot smaller field and it's 20 rounds. So there's extra kind of differentiation aspects to that. And I think I want to be just taking like, who, who are my best players, right? Who is my best projected player? Killing me. Killing me. Trying to see if I can. So yeah, you know, this is I I start the show talking about how the format is so different. We might need to consider running backs a little bit earlier, and then I do a traditional zero RB start with four of my favorite wide receivers. <laughs> Pretty funny. But I think that's just, I mean, you just gotta take the room as it goes, right? <clears throat> Definitely not going to complain about Tyreek, A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins. It's a smaller field, but are you ever competing against a field this big in underdog or week to week your competition pool is smaller? So your competition pool is always smaller on on underdog it's just there are more overall teams and thus more good teams you know when you get to the playoffs yeah i think this is you know I, i'll probably uh hone in on my thoughts uh a little a little bit more because there's there's a there's uh you can definitely make a case for both sides so you're always competing against all 10,000 teams, like from the first snap of week one through week 17 on drafters, you're competing against all those, right? So you're competing against a thousand CMC teams. You're not, you're, you're not competing against any CMC teams for through the regular season in 
your league. What what does happen, however, you know, so it's possible there's ways for the variance of the season to allow you to not v- compete with very many other CMC teams, um, even even though he is the guy that you you want it, you wanted to have, right? Because you're still only you're still only playing against less than 20 or less than, you know, you eventually get to 115 teams. So you're still never competing against that, that many teams. However, the flip side also exists where the, the contest is so big on underdog and on, on DraftKings, you know, 150 to 200,000 people that, but if CMC is the guy that you need to have, you eventually are competing against, you know, less total CMC teams at any stop right? Obviously zero during the regular season. And then, you know, you have three different playoff weeks that still are less total teams and less total CMC teams, but the quality of those teams. Uh, oh, baby. Well, this is rough. Sorry, I know I lag. Uh, I know I lag a little bit when when I get on when I get on the clock. Hopefully that's not too. Hopefully that's not too brutal. But yeah. So anyway, you know, you, there's this weird balancing act where I know that the quality of the playoff week CMC teams when I when I get there are going to be so good if CMC is the winner versus the fact that you're all you're just always going to be competing against competing against less. So I have yet to draft a running back shocker i really like kyler by the way on on here um he goes after i really kyler's one of my if you go to speculate.com and you go to draft guides i have core picks for every site um kind of so kind of some guys i've honed in on on each site whether it be because of the scoring but typically because of i think they're a, a value on that site and kyler's kind of a perfect example he actually goes after uh, he goes as the QB four on here, which I think is probably pretty bad. Um, and I think that the cumulative scoring is really good for guys like Kyler and good for the elite quarterbacks. So, you know, if you have the QB one and he's running and having a smash season, he's really compounding, uh, your edge at quarterback. That's interesting. I kind of like, you know, the elite tight end teams. I was kind of hoping I might be able to get one here, but. Got a couple guys I like here, though. So we'll see what. uh, Tanano. That's a name. Love me some six, some mid six round Robbie doesn't exist on, on underdog. And I really, really like Robbie on PPR in PPR here, which is really funny because we, you know, we were just a year removed from Robbie being kind of the downfield flyer, big play touchdown guy, which you probably think you would like on like underdog a little bit better. And now he's this high volume PPR monster. 
love the Panthers. I think that's uh, Rich Rebar, Lord Greaves. I think he posted a tweet in in replies on one of his conversations that was something along the lines of imagine leaving a draft without one of the Panthers wide receivers. And that's kind of how I feel too. Like if I don't have a Panthers wide receiver, I feel naked leaving a draft. And like, you know, I like to have the, you know, if the QB room gets away from me and I I mean, I want to have a lot of Darnold, but also just in case something happens at quarterback, having the ability to, to take Darnold late, I think is, is really valuable. You know, I also like it with Kyler here now, like if I want to use, if I want to just, you know, I'm going to need to smash some running backs here, you know, at a certain point. And uh, I might need to take three tight ends. Being able to take a late quarterback and still have them stacked is nice, I think. See, this is the point where I struggle, where it makes some sense to detour, but the wide receivers are still so good. And I don't, I don't love. Yeah. What do you think about pushing, you know, Marshall's really, really risen on underdog, but I, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to take him. He's risen on all sites, but um, as he should. Yeah. Right. He's probably not going to be, you know, exactly Justin Jefferson. We always try to comp, right. We're always trying to find this year's Stefan Diggs or this year's Justin Jefferson. He's probably not going to be that, but I think he very much has the, like very, very much in his range of outcomes to be the league winner. Which is, that that's really what we're looking for, right? You don't need 1,500 yards to be the league winner necessarily. I definitely don't want four because I really need those other spots. I really, really need those other spots to uh, stack up points because I have to hit the nuts, right? I think three quarterbacks is fine. But for, I don't know. <clears throat> See, this is my this this is my struggle. I've I've found on drafters, um, as I take another wide receiver here, is that the wide receiver value is so good through the first like eight, let's call it eight rounds or something. Like I love these guys. Like even this is this is like a mediocre room in terms of running backs versus wide receivers versus whatever, pretty normal ADP. And just getting these guys like Gallup in the seventh, Robbie's still available in the sixth. And there's a pretty big tier break, you know, coming at a certain point, but also I, you do, I do think I need to force a little more, force myself to take a little bit more risk in detours when it makes sense. I, I don't think there was ever a spot where there was a target available that really, really made sense on this team. But like knowing there's also still later round value at wide receiver that doesn't exist on underdog. Um, and then you have this format that I, you know, these week one raw points are going to matter. So it's a, it's a balancing act. <clears throat> it's really a balancing act. It's such an interesting, you know, because my brain is so wired on the the playoff, you know, the, the playoff structure from the other sites that I, I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't quite wrapped my head around. I mean, ultimately, you're just trying to draft, you know, the, the best team. But what does that what does that mean structurally is a little bit different?
it's nice to not have to worry about sec. Yeah, I still want to stack, but you don't have to force it as much. Like the positive of stacking in this format is that you get the spikes together um, week to week and also for the entire season, right? If Rondale Moore is the nuts uh, or if Kyler is the nuts, he probably elevates Rondale Moore. Let's see what we got here. See, this is just brutal. Eighth round. I got to add Waddle to the queue because he's the best available player. And Waddle it is. So funny how I keep freezing. Oh, no. Okay, we're good. Drain in my drafters, you're draining in my system. Killing me. <clears throat> um, but yeah, back on the stacking, it's you don't like I feel more passionately that I that I I want to build in as much stacking as I can, you know, not as much stacking as I can in terms of piling on players to my to my to my stacks on on underdog. But I do feel like I need the the stacking upside for the playoff weeks like a lot more, right? But there are benefits to stacking in this format of an offense explodes, right? The Bills last year, like everyone everyone ended up being undervalued, literally everyone. I guess maybe not Zach Moss, but he was going so late. You know what I mean? Like everyone was undervalued because the offense just exploded and you get the perks of all that over the course of the season and weekly. I was talking, I was talking to Davis on a show right before this, where he finished third in the drafters best ball championship last year. And he I think he said he had six or seven bills, like maybe six bills on his team. And it's like that was actually like basically the nuts because he got Cole, you know, Cole Beasley smash, John Brown, even when he had some smash weeks, obviously digs, obviously Allen hit Dawson Knox, which like you get the random Dawson Knox touchdown games. You know, so there are benefits, um, but but I agree. I'm not like having to force it too much. <clears throat> I am gonna, I am gonna start to use my cue a little bit. So don't steal my guys, just because uh, I'm slowing down here a smidge. Seven wide receivers, zero running backs, one quarterback through eight rounds. Sounds about right for me. One thing I want to... Can I... I wish I could show a little bit more of the queue, but... Yeah, it is. It, it like it's very It's very interesting. And, and I'm not saying... I'm going to take Logan Thomas, actually. <clears throat> going to take Logan Logan Thomas. I think uh, a running back detour was reasonable, too. But I, um, I'm pretty bullish on Logan Thomas, actually. Um, and again, in this, in this format, like, 
Logan Thomas is going to play every snap in week one. And if he stays healthy, like, is he going to beat Kelsey? Absolutely not. But I think I can beat Kelsey teams with what Logan Thomas can provide me um, over the course of the, of the entire, of the entire season. You can, I mean, I, like I said, I'm definitely not the, the drafters expert. You, you're seeing me experiment in real time and talk through things in real time. And my opinions will change and blah, blah, blah. But like the, I, I like, on like underdog and stuff like the three punt tight end concept, because, you know, we're playing for, you know, it, it just, the, the structure is very different, right? I don't need to hit the, the stone nuts even during the regular season. Um, like if Donald Parham explodes in the playoffs, right. That, that, that can be very beneficial for me. If these guys just kind of ping pong. Okay. Scores. I can get by. But here, like I, I just need you need a, a requisite number of points right out of the gate, and you need them all year. That it's it's very it's just very interesting. Ah, Trey Lance, a siege. I'm pretty cool with Zach Moss, actually. I thought it, I thought it was going to get worse. I was hoping for AJ Dillon, but I, I'm I'm very cool with Zach Moss as RB one here in this on this zero RB team. <clears throat> and that's, you know, I so I didn't take a detour for a running back until now but knowing kind of you know the draft environment the draft market knowing that there are going to be some values a little bit later or at least values relatively speaking of what i think are values taking the detour for the elite quarterback and the you know anchor tight end, I guess we can call Logan Thomas being an anchor tight end <clears throat> helps me structurally because now I can only take two tight ends. If I want, I'm obviously only taking two quarterbacks with Kyler. Um, so I can stack up these, these running backs to hopefully get me enough early year scoring while also eventually landing on you know, the zero RB, the, the, the right, right. Zach Moss takes over and takes a big step and he's a top three round pick next year from here type of thing. Yeah. Um, I think it goes both ways because you need, you, you need, I, I actually think it's possible. It's the opposite because you're, you need those, you need the most points. And how, how do you, how, if you don't have one of the elite tight ends, how are you matching Kelsey's points or Kittle's points or Waller's points or Pitt's points? Like it, you, uh, Mike Leone, Mike Leone always puts it, you can't manufacture, you can't manufacture that, even that floor really from specifically Kelsey. I think it might elevate Kelsey even more in this format. We could maybe have a discussion about Waller and Waller and Kittle and Pitts and 
and Andrews and Hawkinson and stuff. But Kelsey is an interesting case. Yeah, the 2v2s are – it's very, very interesting to me. Sorry, clicked the wrong comment. 2v2s. <clears throat> oh no. Freezing up on me a little bit there, but I got Kenyon Drake added to the queue. So we got lucky. Trying to stream, trying to stream this the uh a little, a little suboptimal. Hopefully, we'll, we'll improve that as we go every Friday. Um, let me see. I believe my tight end leak is more with Andrews and TJ screws up my yeah. And I think and I and so I actually think in this format that they're a really interesting discussion because like how really how different are they from Logan Thomas maybe as just as one example like really how different but. I like Logan Thomas doesn't have the upside in my opinion that these guys do. Logan, I mean, Logan Thomas has upside and Logan, I like, I like, I mean, I just took Logan Thomas, but like Hawkinson has the, like he's Darren Waller in his range. And I guess Mark Andrews has, he's George Kittle, basically just like the efficient, super efficient player. Um, But I don't think Logan Thomas has that in the cards, but Logan Thomas brings you a floor. And you know, Logan Thomas comes in a tier where you're not sac- – like with Andrews and, and Hawkinson, you're sacrificing like what? You know, these fifth-round guys, the elite quarterbacks, right? I took Robbie Anderson in the sixth round. I think the, the Titans were gone before Robbie anyway. But, you know, you're sometimes you're sacrificing like really good wide receivers. You're sacrificing fairly decent like, you know, ETN, the ETNs and Daryl Hendersons of the world. You know, like – so I think that's why it's not even necessarily Andrews and Hawkinson. It's what goes around them. That hurts. Time for the pass catching backs. Time for the pass catching backs. Start piling up my zero RB targets. It's a quarterback looking like, oh, quarterback's still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, we talked, we, we, uh, we walked through it together. We figured it out together. <laughs> Um, but I think this is the thing, not just uh, with tight end, but the 2v2 conversation in this format. I feel fairly confident in the the 2v2 decisions that um, we have to make on the other sites because of that, that format. Like I, my brain has just been wired to that. But then you start to play out these 2v2s in this format specifically. And at first you're just like, oh, no, yeah, I uh, give me the elite tight end Hawkinson plus whatever in the ninth or 10th round. Yeah. I prefer that. But then you really start to think through how it applies to this structure. 
this format, you know, this, this scoring format, playoff format, tournament format, whatever you want to call it, you really start to think through those two V twos, and they're they're actually a lot more fascinating than you than you think. So that's the game I'm like constantly always, always playing in this uh, on drafters is thinking through like the two V two basically, you know, and that's why I like, like the Kyler, like I actually, like I've actually gotten not away from, um, but like I draft less elite quarterbacks on DraftKings because of how absurd the prices are on them. And then I definitely like the elite quarterbacks on underdog, but I also, uh, okay, there we go. Um, I draft the elite quarterbacks on underdog but with the wide receiver room i've taken a little bit less of them versus on here i start to play out that that 2v2 with the the concept of overall total points and i think like okay how realistic is it that even like you know trey lance trevor lawrence justin fields or whatever really you know elevate me over my competition like kyler like you know and especially i like where kyler gets gets picked you know I don't really understand why Kyler goes where he goes on here. <clears throat> Can't believe I didn't see this before. I was trying to show the board in a little bit more of the of the queue. Still sitting pretty, I think. It's unfortunate because Devin Singletary is such a good target for these teams, but I have Zach Moss and I, I don't personally want to, uh, I'm going to take Jamal racking up my scrubby running backs, but like that all, like all these guys have some contingent value for sure. Um, maybe not Hines, but like Drake obviously has contingent value. Zach Moss has contingent value. Jamal Williams has contingent value, but they also have roles right out of the gate too. Pretty fun, fun team, actually. Let's see. I'm definitely going to take more running backs than I uh, would usually take. That's for sure. I'll be really interested to see um, what is most successful on this on drafters in this format, because we can easily tell ourselves stories about upside guys or, or structures or whatever on the other sites because of the playoff weeks, like at the end of the day, the entire conversation is, how are you winning? You know, how are you getting to week 17? And then how are you winning in week 17? And this is like, I got to stack wins up every single week with every single pick, you know? And it's much more difficult. Gosh. We just talked about, I'm going to take Geo over James White. Go. I haven't posted it yet, but when, uh, when I get Davis and I's, pod up we talked quite a bit about giovanni bernard and a little bit about james white but i'm definitely trying to buy geo I, I i've come around on james white i was a little too harsh on james white i like it good pick i really like him in this format um 
a little less on underdog, but I like him here in this format and I like him on, on DraftKings. But I think I actually I think I actually lean to Geo. I think Geo has actual real paths to some to some ceiling. And James White, it's not that he doesn't have paths to a ceiling, but I, I think Geo basically has paths to take over a little more of that of his backfield. Like James White is James White. He's never taking over every all the all the snaps. And that offense is just worse. They'll be better than last year, I think, especially for fantasy. But the offense is just worse. Whereas Geo, I think, you know, we definitely know that offense is good. And, you know, they almost cut Fournette last year. And Rojo hasn't exactly earned a lot of confidence from the coaches. And then they brought Geo in. That I think it's at least possible that Geo kind of elevates to more of that backfield than, than we think. I'm not saying that I expect that that's going to happen, but I think it's very much possible. And like Geo could be one of the best, most undervalued picks, undervalued picks in all of fantasy right now, especially on PPR sites. <clears throat> see here. A lot of tight ends. Let's see what quarterback looks like. Okay, we're getting to the getting to the basement of tight end. I'm actually sitting pretty good at running back currently, which is surprising. Wide receiver is hideous. All right. All right. Would have been pretty sweet if James White fell all the way back. Yeah. So here's now the question becomes, there's some running backs I like here, not necessarily I like here at this pick, but there's some running backs I would love to build into this team. But I'm trying to wonder about if I'm going to get run out of the second quarterback or if I even care if I get run out of the second quarterback. I think I'm going to take Hunter Henry. Pretty screaming value, I think, in the 15th for Hunter Henry. I mean, he's already back practicing. I haven't really figured out why why Hunter Henry is falling. And I kind of like him more than Johnny. And I think he's a good pair with Logan, with Logan Thomas for this. You know, I'm just, give me two guys that can exceed expectations and continue to rack me up points so I can only draft two tight ends. Very fun thought experiments on this this site. Very fun thought experiments. So I'm done at tight end. Let's get rid of tight end. Quarterback, I still got a few options. I've become more open to, I know Siege is in here, so he's going to take him. But I've become more, he might take him. Let me see well, who Siege got. He just took Derek Carr and Lance. Um, But Drew Locke, I've become more open to. To Drew Luck, I I do think like the writing is on the wall that he's gonna win that job, and he, I I think he sucks, but those weapons are incredible, and so it's just a bet on the weapons elevating him, and I think I want to be taking him a good bit. Uh, I want to be taking. Sorry, got distracted. 
Um, so this isn't this is such an interesting point of the draft. <clears throat> if I trying to decide, like basically I need to decide on this kind of quarterback plan to decide. I want two more running backs. Oh, Damian Wynn already? Okay. Well, then I'm definitely taking Darrington here. I mean, come on. Obviously wasn't going to go on a stream with a zero running back team and not take Darrington. I do like Gainwell a little bit, too, in this in this format. Got some first-team snaps last night. I think he looks pretty good. I like Gainwell, all right. He's okay. I don't think Gainwell has uh, maybe as much contingent value as I think some other people do. And I don't think he has any, like, I don't think there's a locked in. People, I think, treated him a little bit like too much. Um, and then I probably wrote him off a little bit too quickly, too, during camp. But I, I think I think we're too polarized on on Kenny Gainwell. I think he's okay. If he was a fun college football DFS player to uh, play, though, if he played college football DFS, Gainwell was the man. Still got some quarterbacks. Running backs getting pretty bad now. Darrington's kind of a tear break for me. Darrington's kind of a tear break for me. Oh, yeah, don't need tight end. So we're going to have four picks left. Going to take one. Yeah, so probably two, seven, nine, two. Two, seven, nine, two. The interest, that's what's such an interesting thing about when we get to this point in the draft when everybody else went so early running back heavy and I went, see, and now I can take Gainwell, which is pretty sweet. This worked out. I really like this team, actually. <clears throat> All kinds of... All like all kinds of of contingent value with um fairly built in floors. Like even I don't think people even quite understand that Dar Darrington has has an early season role actually, in my opinion. You know, he's got to be healthy first, so let's knock on wood there. But he, I think he, I think he's going to play on passing downs. You know, even right out of the gate, which is not much of a role, but at least being on the field, like he's probably not going to score zero fantasy points, right? And if you stumble into some good game script or something like that, same thing, like Gainwell. And then these guys have contingent values. So I got my seven shots, right? Got my two, like pretty much just passing down backs and like kind of a bunch of contingent value and and a little bit of standalone value of this, this combination of all those guys to hopefully make up for the fact that I 
you know, I, I don't have any high end quality running backs. <clears throat> Love your wide receivers. Did you consider drafting better running backs? I rewatched that Denny Carter bit again this morning. Just so good. Um, We'll see what they do to me at quarterback here. But I think that being open, you feel less pressured at quarterback if you're open to like the Drew Locke or Taysom, or if you prefer Jameis, or if you prefer Teddy, I guess, you know, but being open, like if we knew, if we knew who was starting in both of those situations, they would not be going where they're going. And so I, I kind of like taking shots on them, although there's a there's a better pick here, of course. I mean, pick 210, pick 210 for Darnold. Come on, guys. Come on. What are we doing here? All right, so now it's wide receiver time. And this is where it gets gross. Don't draft my guys, but I'm going to start adding them to the queue. Holy cow. Holy cow. That's bad. See, and this this is a reason for zero RB, hero RB. I just drafted Kenny Gainwell and a quarterback that I can that that's usable. You know, I mean, at Darnold, I I wouldn't you know be counting on Darnold in the seventeenth or eighteenth round, but there are usable quarterbacks back there, especially if you paired them with a a, a little bit better quarterback. There are running backs back here. Like a bunch, I mean, again, Gainwell, Darrington, Damian Williams goes really late on here. Um, uh, Tevin, right? There's a lot of these running backs that are usable back here or have upside. Meanwhile, we're looking at Amari Rogers and Josh Reynolds, Denzel Mims, Kadarius Tony, Travis Fulgham, who's now the uh, backup. You know, Tim Patrick is a backup. We're looking at. There's no upside here in these in these wide receivers. <clears throat> so while I want to be open to the appropriate detours, I mean, and it's full PPR, so wide receivers have even more power. We still have to be smart about how we how we take you know. So being open to zero RB, also being open to to the appropriate detours. Yeah, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. Other than the fact that the website is making me lag a little bit on stream here, but uh, I'm 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 really enjoying it. I think that the the different tournament structure is a really fun format and a really fun way to kind of make you think about things differently. And I mean, I also, at the end of the day, we're trying to make money. And I think that there's a fairly big edge in doing a lot of like doing a lot of the thought experiments we've been doing here today, right? I'm not saying that I have them all solved, because I definitely don't. And I'm not saying I'm just going to like come in and smash drafters. But I think that there are edges to be had in making sure that you're processing things appropriately for the Really funny that all the running backs fly off now for for this format. 
should have I should have been prepared here. Um, shoot. Need to just add somebody here. Don't really love Keelan Cole, but uh, back myself into a little bit of a corner, not being prepared. Wasn't prepared. Uh, I need to. Ah, he's gone. See, I wouldn't have been able to get Colin anyway. I need to find a better pick than Keelan Cole at the back end here. That's for sure. Cole Beasley. I know he, Cole Beasley is an idiot and has a, uh, proven himself to be an idiot, but he's actually pretty good for fantasy playing out of the slot in that offense. Um, he's a lot higher upside than people think, both for the season and on a week-to-week -week basis. I mean, even if he regresses and gets and gets worse, he's still a value where he goes. I don't really know why. Like people just hate him, I, and I can't I can't really figure out why everybody hates him. My goodness, these wide receivers are bad. Maybe Keelan Cole wasn't that bad of a pick. Jeez, let's just add some of these scrubs on here, Tony. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, the, uh, the running back lovers will tell you that it won't work. The running back lovers will, uh, definitely tell you that it won't, that zero running back will not work in this format because you need running back points. And I actually think I sort of lean, not that it won't work. I mean, I just did it, right? I actually think it, it absolutely can work. But I would lean probably more towards hero, maybe even like double RB if I was like, if I absolutely could build the team that I want. But it would be like, it has to be with the right running backs. It has to be with the right running backs, not just any running back. And that's the problem is people will take just like any running back because they think they need running backs. And you, but you, you need the, the elite, you need the guys that have the upside to be in the, the top couple, right? Basically you need the guy that upside to, to, to come close to CMC. And so if, if those, if, if your running backs don't have any of that level of, uh, of, of upside forcing them in the early rounds when you can have the, when you can dominate the wide receiver room or have an elite quarterback or elite tight end or whatever is actually probably really bad in this format because you're not gaining anything. Like you might, you like you might think, Oh baby, we got a running back guy. Insert, insert Denny Carter video. Love your wide receivers. Little worried about your running backs. Did you consider spending an earlier round pick on a running back? 
So the funny thing about this, I mean, gosh, the reactions to the zero running back teams are so funny. Uh, I actually like this collection of running backs, first of all. So that's funny. And the different, you see the different lines of thinking, I think. Um, like, I actually think if I'm putting this collection of running backs together in a, a best ball format, they also happen to have like really well s- split up buys, which I think is kind of funny. Um, but I, like, I, I really, exactly. Have you considered spending some draft capital on running backs? Love your wide receivers. Wish your running backs were a little bit better. Your wide receivers are very strong. Have you considered also making your running backs strong? So good, man. No, no, one QB position. I've drafted with a few of my buddies a couple of times and they can't wrap their head around. They call it drafting backup running backs. (laughs) it is i mean especially for like home leagues it's not it's not you know it's just counterintuitive it's count it's counterintuitive i mean i don't know i don't have the rules up but it's not super flex i mean the drafts if if this were if if kyler murray was available in the uh in the fifth round of a super flex league and and I and I wasn't taking quarterbacks earlier. Punt me off into the sun. It would be sick. Somebody needs to do it. That would be a lot of fun. One of these so one of these sites will start launching different formats. I think we just need to get to a requisite level of liquidity in the market. But anyway, obviously wrapping up. I I, I I tend, and I wrote my piece, if you go to spikeweek.com and you go to draft guides, I wrote my macro level strategy for drafters. And I talked a lot about how um, a little bit of a different approach because of the the scoring format maybe does lend itself a little bit away from zero zero running back. PPR helps, but um, there's, there's different ways. I mean, I, I can tell you, I can, I, I, I mean, it's, it's not quarterback. 100% confirmed. Um, yeah. I mean, everybody says this uh, about a zero running back team. You're, I mean, I also don't think it's going to win. Got a one in 10,008 shot and I didn't get Christian McCaffrey. Let me know how you're going to, let me know how your non-Christian McCaffrey team is going to beat the Christian McCaffrey team. I'm going to do it because my wide receivers are better. You're going to do it with a worse version of the Christian McCaffrey team. Building the same teams as the teams with elite running backs with worse running backs. I don't, I, I can't wrap my head around that either. So like this comment always doesn't ever make any sense to me is like, Oh, good luck winning with those running backs. Good luck beating Christian McCaffrey with the same team as Christian McCaffrey with worse players. <laughs> the Christian McCaffrey team got to draft better players than you, and you built the same team as them. Like, why? You know what I mean? So how are you going to beat them? Something different. I'm going to beat them because my wide receivers are better. I know my running backs are worse. I need running backs to close the gap 
right? Whether it just be the pass catchers weeks are all coming together, right? Or I hit the lottery ticket and Derrick Henry gets hurt and I have Darrington Evans. And so now I'm beating you. Now I'm catching up to you at running back and I'm beating you at wide receiver and I have Kyler Murray. You, you have, you have to take some sort of path that is different in order to win, win one of these tournaments. And I understand I was literally sitting here preaching that I'm not sold that zero RB is the best route to take in this tournament. I'm not sold that it is, but I also think it's viable. And I, and I think people that just write it off um, because they, they don't like how the running backs look. It's just, we're just being, we're just being silly. I don't like how your team looks compared to the Christian McCaffrey team. You know, I don't like how your Austin Eckler team looks compared to Christian McCaffrey. You know what I mean? So that's the big thing. What angle are you taking to beat the teams that are better than yours? I had to take some angle. So anyway, that is that. Obviously, a zero running back team, I'm happy with this team. I have, you know, early in the draft season, I wasn't able to get teams that I liked on stream. So this has been this has been kind of funny. There was actually some value that fell to me. Wide receivers are are pretty pretty loaded and even got some of the running backs I, I wanted with Kyler. So worked out well. Every Friday moving forward, we'll be doing drafts on drafters up until the season. Hopefully, even when we get into the season, we'll have some in excuse me, in-season contests to be able to play. Um other than that, everybody uh have a good weekend. I will be back on Monday recapping the preseason just like last week and kind of how it impacts the market. You know, maybe, maybe, hopefully not, but maybe there will be injuries or kind of crazy shifts in any of these teams over this weekend. But I'll be back this same time, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on Monday to recap the weekend. Catch y'all later.